My name is Matt Brown. God bless you all. The category is love, y'all. Love. And let's start the show. The story will continue in a moment. Everybody, the world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, October 14th, 2021. October 14th. How about that? And we have quite the show for you all today to sit back, enjoy, and relax with great conversations and great times. Before we get into all that fun, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We are on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. The fall has been good. Blessings have taken place. I mean, it's mid-October and boy, it's almost over. 2021's almost over. So let's make the most of it in this final stretch. The show becomes a year old next week on Tuesday, specifically October 20th, 2020 is when we started this great journey. And uh, yeah, a year later, we are as better as ever and we're only growing from here. So we'll definitely celebrate the one year anniversary of this show next week. And what else is new? You know, by the time I'm recording this, still awaiting the decision for Aaron Boone and um, what's his name? Brian Cashman, if they're coming back. The Red Sox keep winning. The Red Sox trolls keep trolling. Oh, man. You know, nice to see all the new Red Sox fans, you know, showing their pride during the playoffs. And what can I say? They keep winning in the postseason. It pisses me off. It's tragic. And um, I hope their magical run ends very soon. But what's unfortunate is that the Astros might be in there. So a Red Sox versus Astros ALCS. Why don't you just have, you know, gonorrhea and chlamydia battle it out and see which uh, unfortunate circumstance you're going to get out of it. And we just hope there's a cure in the National League to knock them out. So yeah, baseball has not been fun this October for me at least, but I hope it is for the rest of you. Football, same thing. Giants keep losing. Now Giants keep getting hurt. And, um, you know, lots of headaches. And, you know, it's only going to get easier from here when we go play play the Los Angeles Rams. Damn. And then you have the Bucks coming up, the Chiefs. Oh, happy day. Let's just hope some miracles take place. But let's get rid of that negative energy. Let's take a deep breath. Let's smile. And we have some fun in store today. Why is that? Because my great friend Brad Finn is coming back on the show. The second ever guest. And somebody who's very important to me. That's one of my day one homies. Um, I mean, day one since college, but very close. I love the guy. I appreciate him. Even if he likes to give me headaches and drives me crazy, it's all the love. <laughs> and um, seriously, I love that guy dearly. And I'm so glad he comes on. He's someone I really can count on in this world. And we just appreciate him. So Brad Finn coming back from guest two to now 
from episode two now, he's coming back again on episode 112. We are just so happy to have his presence, and he really stepped up. We had great stories. We had some deep conversations. We hit some subjects that are very sensitive, but we still were able to speak of them in a mature manner and learn from it. And that's what we have for you today, folks. You're going to laugh. You're going to ponder. But most importantly, you're going to enjoy this productive conversation that is about to unfold. So let's get to it. Brad Finn, it is your turn once again. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. today just one of my best friends one of the most legendary people out of the university of hartford it's just a great dude a good vibe and he is a beloved person for a reason brad finn welcome back to the show bro how you doing i'm doing good round two well i guess this is my third time on on the cast so uh let's make let's make it my best time definitely and we're gonna keep growing here and here bro so First things first, Brad, before everything starts and the fun about to begin, just tell me how you doing, man. How's uh, this part of the year for you? You know, it's the fall in Los Angeles where you're at and, um, you know, almost done with another year. Talk to me about how things have been lately. Um, Things have been good. You know, just working on myself. Started uh, hitting the gym every day or like almost every day. Trying to be uh trying to be a gym boy, be consistent with it. So uh, I've been I've been hitting the weights. Um, it's cooling down a little bit in California, which is nice. Um, you know, it kind of gives me like you know little flashes of my childhood. You know, living on the East Coast. Uh, but it's nice. You know, like it's been a little gloomy lately, but I like the wind. Uh, you know, it's it's nice like when it gets a little gloomy and. Uh, a little chilly out, you know, wear some hoodies, some hoodie weather. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, mm-hmm. like you said, you're from New Jersey. You've been in California a few years now. First, you consider yourself a true Californian? Um, uh, I don't think so. I think uh, I got a lot of New Jersey in me. Uh, yeah. um, but, I mean, California is a lot of, um, what do they call it? Um uh transplants yeah so like a lot of people you meet are also kind of new here or have been here for like a few years um so it's like kind of like a melting pot of people from like all over but i i still uh i still got the east coast in me okay cool cool so now obviously being an east coast boy you don't really see uh leaves changing you got the palm trees and stuff like that do you miss that aspect of the fall you know not seeing that you it seems you get the literal cool weather maybe that you know nice fall breeze and that nice smell but you might not have it in california do you miss that at all yeah i I do i do i do miss it I, i tell people that you know when it when it gets thanksgiving time 
or like even Christmas time, more importantly, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you got that vibe on the East Coast. So, you know, winter time, the holidays are coming, people start putting up their Christmas lights. But here it's like, you know, Thanksgiving Day or even Christmas Day, it's, you know, 70, 70 degrees and sunny. I miss, uh, you know, the winter. Uh, mm-hmm. I miss the winter vibes uh, for sure. But when January 1st comes, then it's like, screw everything else. I don't care anymore. But I do miss the holiday season. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So now that you know what you're doing and you keep moving out and about, you know, now you keep living your life. That's cool. And uh, there's no, are there pumpkin patches and apple things you could do the basic fall stuff with or not? Um, yeah, I think so. I just haven't been to any yet. Um, but I think I've seen pictures of people doing a little pumpkin picking out here. I don't know where they, they grow the pumpkins at. Um, but nothing like, you know, the fall, like Halloween, even on the East Coast, you know, it's special. You know, it's got that little, like, an ominous vibe going on all Halloween. But here it's, uh, you know, it's the same sunny. So I miss that too. I, I miss like, you know, the leaves falling mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. Okay. Well, I know Callie's glad to have you. Hopefully someday soon you can get a nice taste of fall if you come back and uh, rock and rolling until then. So another question I have, Brad, right? You know, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. First, you fuck with her? Um, I think that uh, she obviously pioneered, um, you know, women in, uh, in film. She helped pioneer and pave the way. So, yeah, I, I definitely respect her. Yes, quite a legendary career, great talk show host. So she was on her talk show host, right? And she said, quote, I worship my ex-husband Will Koppelman's new wife. Could you be somebody? Could you could you be somebody from a your past and support? You know, you know. There's people coming in our lives, especially lovers, romantic partners, all of that, long term, short term. First, do you feel like it's possible you could be like Drew Barrymore and support and be obsessed with your ex's lover? I couldn't. Like if I saw any of my exes, and if, I mean, I sorry. I don't see myself in that situation unless, you know, someone knocks the floor off with me. But in terms of like, first, if I'm still friends with my ex like that and I'm cool with her partner, um, I just don't know if I could be that type of person to let that go unless I'm fully married with somebody and uh, we have a great life. But do you think you could be that type of person? Um, I guess it's easy for her to say, like, when you're rich, but uh, I think for, <laughs> re- for regular people, uh, I mean, I guess I guess it depends, but I can't even like if there's even a girl I have a crush on, that I never talked to before and I see her with another guy. Like, I hate that guy. I see that guy. <laughs> I don't even have to be married to him. I just see him and uh, I have a crush on him and I uh, screw any guy that talks to her. Yeah, that uh, that's happened to all of us, ain't it? You know, like, yeah. like I once saw a crush of mine um, hooking up with someone in the room next to mine in my apartment. That was pretty awkward. And I figured out if the, after anything like that, that God's going to reward me with the girl of my dreams. But I know where the envy and jealousy could come from. 
Yeah, no, I uh, can't trust women. That's that's you know <laughs> the gist of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you know, like, is there anything you ever learned from a past fling, like, whether it's you know, I don't know, something real or something authentic? Are you someone who like has heard like has learned deep messages from you know someone you went out with from a time? You know, after you heard some, you know, sad Drake music, but you're like, yeah, yeah, never simp too hard. Uh, I think that's definitely number one on the list, because <laughs> the harder you simp, the harder it hurts when, when it ends. So mm-hmm. the, that's, that's the number one thing. Don't simp too hard. Um, and then, uh, you know, stop making excuses for, you know, your significant other. If they're not doing something. Stop making excuses for them because, uh, you know, they're not going to change. So you can't expect them to change. Right. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, when it comes to simping, everyone should be their own independent person. You don't have to bend over backwards for whoever you're dating. You got to be your own. And if they like you for who you are, they uh, there's no simping needed, you know? Yeah, exactly. I like that. No simping needed if, if, if it's if it's right. Yeah, that's right. No simping required. Yeah. Another lesson I've learned from dating. No answer is a answer, even though we'd like to have people, you know, be real with us and, and uh, tell their feelings. And I'm not perfect with it in my past, but I try to be more conscious. And, but like I learned no answer is uh, no answer is a answer. I like that, too. Yeah, that's it's it speaks louder than words. Right. Silence. Man, we're always learning from. We're always learning from dating. You should do a um a, a relationship advice podcast. Uh, ha, ha, have the gurus on here. <laughs> like J- J- JDR would be uh, the the love guru, <laughs> the the resident love guru on the podcast. We always love any chance we can have the great JDR give us some uh, advice and words of wisdom. That is a great idea. You know what one relationship I'd like to talk to? I like to talk to a couple who's like one guy or girl's like 30 years older than the other one. And I just want to ask, like, you know, what is this here? You realize there's a big age gap. Please, I would love to hear how this makes sense. I'm sure you're judged in the street. I'm sure people are like, oh, this person's only with you for the money. But why don't you debunk that? I would love to talk to somebody like that, like a sugar mama, sugar daddy. Or maybe uh, there is yeah. some weird relationships who are 30 years older. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely do that. Put, put them on the spot, you know. <laughs> ask, 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 ask the female. You think it'll be, who do you think it would be like the females, the one 30 years older or the man? The man? I think it's more likely and statistically that men date younger older men date younger women and younger women date older men and if why do you think like, that is well i mean you know in the human aspect you know people like uh you know people who are older you know no matter what your gender is people like older people and we've seen historically there's been so many examples of older rich men dating younger women and um i could get an exact stat to, to prove my point. And I'm just going by what I see mostly in my life. Of course, there are 
older women who date younger uh, men. And of course, there's like same sex couples like that, older and younger as well. But I'm generally interested to know about that dynamic and not letting preconceived judgments, you know, affect their relationship. I think that that would help, you know, to to learn about that. And I don't haven't really seen so many situations where people have talked about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, you make you make a good point. Uh, I think that would be a great segment on the podcast. I think uh, a lot of people want to know, uh, you know. Yeah. But uh, I was actually thinking about this, uh, like, yesterday. Um, you know, a lot of people say that with a big age difference, that what do they have in common? But who who knows? You know, right. maybe they do. Uh, who who's that? Who's us to to tell them they don't have anything in common? Absolutely. At the end of the day, it really isn't any of our business. But I've just mm-hmm. what I've seen. I, I would just uh, I would just really be intrigued, and I'm just very interested. You know, according to OprahDaily.com, somebody asked the question: Have you ever dated a man at least ten years older than you? Uh, and they asked women this. Do you go on OprahDaily.com? Uh, sometimes, but um, <laughs> the uh, percentages is. Women said seventy three percent of women said yes. Totally have been there compared to twenty seven who have never have. So you know that's that's where I see like maybe it's a stereotype that you see more older guys with younger women, and I'll acknowledge that. But you know, of course, it's for anybody. It, it, just love who you want as long as you're respectful and you know nobody's taking advantage. Who does? Who cares? But it would be just interesting to know what they say or what they think. Yeah, no, I I think so too. I think that um, a lot of times the guy is older because guys, you know, they can uh, they can reproduce late into life. Uh, you yeah, know. that's true. I think Mick Jagger at seventy had a kid with a thirty year old girl. Oh yeah, like something like that. But hey, imagine uh you saying yeah, Mick Jagger, that's my pops. Yeah, and that would be, I would love to say that. <laughs> someday, someday. But better yet, you could just say, I'm Brad Finn. That's my dad. I'm sure your your kids would appreciate that. I'm Brad Finn. That's my dad. <laughs> or, you know, Brad Finn, that's my dad. Brad Finn's my dad, yeah. <laughs> uh, one day, I'll be able to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, another question, thing I was interested in. You once texted me this when we were talking about social media and you and I were uh, talking about like, you know, people who post all the time, people who put on a front. And you said, quote, I move in silence. Can you talk to (laughs) us about what you mean exactly when it terms to when it in terms of, you know, social media and how people always love to uh, show off while you, quote, move in silence? Love to have you elaborate on that. Talk to me about that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I would say I like to, uh, move inside. I think for a sec, I was, uh, you know, I was in the trenches with the social media stuff, posting on Instagram, posting stories. Um, but I realized that a lot of people, they use that for validation. Um, okay. so I don't, I don't really, I'm not really interested in like showing off what I'm doing. I think a lot of people, they like to show off. Uh, what they're doing but that's not really my personality um you know i I think that people gotta focus on what they're doing i think 
people kind of present like a false uh, picture of what their life entails um, when they have a lot of stuff going on in the background. So I try to, um, you know, stay off all that social media stuff besides um, staying in contact with old friends. Of course. Um, I have an Instagram, but I don't really post anything on it. I use it just for keeping in touch with old friends. Um, but I think that too many people, they kind of, you know, they make their personality trait to be Instagram. And uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't really like that. I think, um, you know, people, it, it's, it's not really good for, uh, for mental health. People talk about mental health are always on Instagram talking about it. So <laughs> I get off Instagram and focus on yourself. Stop bragging about what you're doing. But also, uh, I think I, I don't hate on people that that are, you know, fully into it. I respect it. It's just not my thing, really. I like to I like to have a little element of surprise. I don't I don't like to be predictable. I don't really like people to know too much about me. Yeah, I really respect that, too. And I think I mean, you hit on the head. People use Instagram as a personality trait. People really really are obsessed with it and it defines them and that's horrible and sad and you know of course like you said social media is great because you can stay in contact with people but at the same time you know there's a whole world outside of social media like Mm -hmm. like twitter for instance i think i only heard this on the radio so i don't have the exact um numbers but of course i'll google that right now i think only seven percent of the world of the world's entire population is on Twitter, just seven percent. Oh and wow! It makes it seem like more than that. Like Twitter is the be all end all, and of course it's interesting, and I love hearing people's thoughts, especially on big events. But um, but it's it's insane how obsessed people are, and like I, uh, of course, at one point I thought I needed to, you know, show myself in a certain type of way. But then when I realized how much of a tool I was becoming. I realize it's not worth it. And mm-hmm. I just am showing myself and people will like me who for whom I am or who I'm not. And, you know, now my social media, at least my personal one, is just about promoting my podcasts and any cocktails I make. And, of course, you know, I like taking pictures from my own personal. You know, I don't like to show off everything, like you said. So um, great minds think alike, you know. Yeah, um, I think so too. Have you ever been uh, out with somebody and like you're about to eat and they's like got to take a picture of their food for like social media, like Snapchat or Instagram? There's oh, nothing more amo- annoying than that. Like just eat your food. No one cares. You ever like go on Instagram and see somebody that posts their food and be like, wow, like thank you for letting me see that. <laughs> like, nobody cares. Yeah, about we're so eating. impressed. We're so impressed with what you do. I mean, with the exception of me, who does post uh, drinks only because I made them, though, I consider them artwork um, like. We get it. You're having a good time, dude, or do that or whatever. And <laughs> do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it happens all the time. And I used to be that way, too, when I would do those MB reviews. But I would like to try to make. Uh, no, but that's different. Okay. That Those are entertaining. Like those oh, had some you, purpose. Bro. Yeah, everyone loved the NBA reviews. Everyone's sad they're not happening anymore. You got to bring those back. I do have to bring those back. I've gotten a lot of requests lately. And, yeah. you know, Brad, by the time we uh, have this on, 
within the next couple weeks, I'm going to do an NBA review one way or the other. I promise. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's different. You know, you're, you're, you're giving some entertainment and the drinks, uh, I'll, you know, those, that's some good, uh, that's some good entertainment too. I like seeing the new that. drinks and put, you put me on to some new drinks, but people that are just like going out to lunch and then got to snap a pic of their food, doing uh, the boomerangs. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to wait for them too. You have to wait for them to take their pig before you start eating to be polite. Yeah. Like that's really a way of life. And I will say every once in a while, somebody does put me onto a restaurant. Besides that, you know, enjoy the moment. Like one thing I cognitively do with friends, family, whatever, I try to turn my phone off, put it in my pocket or put it in the middle and, um, you know, enjoy the moment. Because it's like what Ferris Bueller said, life moves fast, pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. And I feel like, man. I miss so many good memories trying to put on a front and take pictures and uh, I don't think that way anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. I think with age, I kind of like open my eyes to what I should be focusing my time on and what I shouldn't be focusing my time on. So, yeah, when I'm out to eat, I put my phone down and I don't touch it. Um, you know, I, I think uh, for a while it was really affecting my uh, social skills and just being yeah. polite and, and the, the side you show people, you want to show people your most genuine self. I don't know how you can do that. If you're on your I, phone the whole time. I felt the exact same way. Even times I went to the bar and be like a wall sitter on my phone when I can, you know, possibly meet a new friend or, you know, a new special person in my life. That's just wasting time. And you wonder why you get roasted and, I just try to make the most of it because, you know, this life is very delicate and short and especially this pandemic taught us that. So I encourage people to put the phone down in special social situations. They'll, you'll appreciate it in the long run. Uh, yep. Or like start reading, you know, like start reading, teach yourself something new. Yeah. Um, that's what I've been doing. I learned how to like really engage with people in conversation and realize yeah. how like the way I, the way I, converse with people before has been like not rude but like not not as like genuine as it could be mm. you know like there's so many important ways to make somebody uh the speaker as a listener make themselves feel important um and you you'd hope that somebody would do that for you if you were talking to them you know show oh, yeah. show 100 percent attention like look you in the eye be interested in your story um listen i think there was a saying listen with with the intent uh, to understand, don't listen with the intent to respond. Um, I think that's really important. So like, just things like that, just teaching myself how to like respect people, uh, just body language. Uh, it's all yeah. really important. Uh, it just makes you a better person. And, you know, I, I hate to date ourselves. We're closer to 30 than we were. 20 now and it really is time to be an adult even more of an adult while we still enjoy what's left of our youth so mm -hmm. those social skills go a long way and people notice and appreciate it especially that you hit it on the head with the eye contact and body language like i really try my best to make sure i have my best self with that and not you know embarrass myself and look like a fool yeah yeah like you ever you ever talk to somebody um and that they're obviously distracted and they don't really not really don't really care what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, like that's, it's yeah. so rude. 
or like they start like interrupting you or talking about something totally different while you're like really trying to tell them something. Even if I'm not interested in what someone's saying, I'm just going to show them the respect of listening and responding. Uh, really says a lot about you if you uh if you if you do what those things i talked about um so it's pretty uh it's pretty inconsiderate it's the smallest little effort to do to be engaging and people remember how you make them feel like that if you make people feel like you're being ignored if you're being you know not genuine and just being an asshole or jerk people remember that and that goes a long way you never know when uh a little decency will take you a long way. So, bro, I know what you're saying, man. And um, we just got to remind ourselves every single day to, you know, just put a little effort in. That's all we ask, a little effort in being engaging. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And just being genuine, um, you know, I think in learning from past mistakes, I used to be horrible at, at socializing until I realized there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Um but I, there's something else to keep in mind is saying that's like, uh, you know, people don't remember what you said. Uh, they remember how you made them feel. So, that's like, right. you know, you can look at back at little things you said, like, oh, why did I say that? But at the end of the day, you got to look at the whole picture. You know, how how did I make them feel? You know, like you pay attention to, to how they act and, and how you made them feel. And that's 10 times more important than what you said or how you said it. Couldn't have said it any better, bro. And uh, that's why you're a real dude, genuine for that, man. So, you know, we're going to keep that going and we're going to make sure we're our best selves. And, uh, you know, that networking and being respectful is going to take us far, bro, especially you. (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, Improving those social skills because you have a lot of good things to say. Oh, yeah, thanks. Um, you, uh, You also obviously you know, practice makes perfect and you're doing all these podcasts. So you're obviously like opened a whole new realm. You probably learned a lot about yourself <laughs> just by talking to like a bunch of different people. Um, you know? Yeah, bro. Thank you for recognizing that. It's, uh, as this episode airs, we're closing in on our first full year of doing the show and, you know, over 108 episodes, it's been a ride. And I think it's officially over 114 different guests. And, it, it was just mm. about being engaging and it's helped me a lot in my social skills. I've been so much better in dates and so much better uh, uh, talking with people. And when I do job interviews as well, it, it really is a skill to, to uh, uphold. And I'm lucky enough. I have this just curiosity and interest in all people. And that's why I think we can all be productive. So uh, it's easy when I have uh, guests like you, man, it really is. Yeah, yeah, and you, you've uh, you've obviously interviewed a lot of different types of people, um, and I probably understand people more than you used to understand them, or like different types of people in that way. So, uh, yeah, dude, you're you're killing it. Appreciate it, man, and uh, you know, like I said, just thank you for your support, and we're gonna keep showing off the amazing people in this world with this show. So. Uh, I appreciate that, man. I really do. You know, sure. Brad, um, one thing I, w- I would love to hear your perspective on this because I really respect your opinion and you know how well humans work. So you were in college and you were a member of Greek life. You were in a fraternity, right? Uh-huh. That's how we met. 
We were uh, people of fraternities, right? And as this fall semester started, we've seen a few situations of specifically fraternities being accused of pretty heinous crimes, whether sexual assault, drugging, drinks, you know, just not being gentlemen and being awful human beings. It's pretty gross to see a few bad apples, um, you know, make a bad name for all Greek life, right? And, you know, you you did well at U-Hard and Greek life, had a great reputation. Remember the legendary presentation you did on, uh, you know, <laughs> alcohol awareness and stuff. You did a lot of great stuff through Greek life. I was wondering if you don't mind now, now that you're a few years removed from college, you're striving your career, you know, making big moves, but you were at one point in Greek life, but now seeing these fraternities accused of these absolute heinous crimes, I was just wondering how you felt as someone who was in Greek life, who's able to have a good start on his career and most importantly, being a gentleman and doing well, both personally and professionally. I was wondering what do you think of uh, the news lately of some of these fraternities and as someone who is familiar with that type of lifestyle, what, what do you think of what's going on with uh, Greek life nationally? Um, I definitely think it comes a lot from uh, parenting. I think that's, yeah. that's probably the first, um, one of the first big reasons of, of why people act the way they do. But I also think it's probably also a culture, um, depending on what fraternity you're in, there might be a, a culture they push um, where if you don't do certain things or, you know, you'll be shunned or they teach you how to do certain things and, and kind of like brainwash you in a way and make you believe something that maybe you don't believe. Um, but I do think that more accountability, um, you know, I, I don't think, for example, you could be like older and say, use an excuse uh, for, you know, doing a heinous act uh, as what you're talking about when you're younger and justify. I think that's just one of those things that's mm -hmm. an inherent trait that you don't like get rid of. There's no, it's like if you say rob a store when you're like 13, that's something like, oh, is this young and stupid? But like other yeah. stuff like sexual assault, there's no like, can't, you can't recover from that. Um, so I think it has a lot to do with culture, uh, parenting, uh, like at least when I was in college, I could never imagine um, violating another human like that. Right. Um, but I've seen it happen, and uh, there are people that are comfortable with doing that. Uh, I don't personally understand it, but I can only imagine it's just something they learned um, or something that they were kind of like brainwashed into believing is okay. It's it's tragic what um, some of these guys have done ruining reputations for themselves, their fraternity and their families. And you're right, man. I don't ever, ever can think of doing something that heinous to somebody. And it breaks your heart that there are these situations um, still taking place, even through the countless hours of counseling, the countless hours of training, and so many people making warnings to these fraternity men, hey, you can't do this. It's not worth it. Fraternities are made to raise money and give a great, experience for for men before they go into the real world and the same with sororities as well and the fact that these stupid individuals do these stupid decisions it's just sad man and sometimes even as someone who really benefited from being in a fraternity socially and professionally and stuff 
I now look back a few years later and I'm wondering like, man, what's the point of having these fraternities? Um, if they're going to keep making these same mistakes. Now I'm not saying, you know, get rid of Greek life. All I'm saying is, you know, what else can we do if we keep pushing this agenda to not do it? And yet fraternities still don't listen, man. It's, it's a hard slippery slope, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't really know the fix either. I think that Greek life obviously helps uh, both of us tremendously professionally in our personal lives, like you were saying. But, uh, you know, I think just res- accountability uh, is something huge, no matter like what it's about, whether it be politics, government, law, uh, fraternity. I mean, it just needs to be accountability. You know, people can't get away with it. The more people get away with it, the more it's going to happen. But uh, I think guys need to do better too. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think at least one, cause I have, I have a bunch of female friends and uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're always showing me like some crazy DMS or like a story about like some guys just being super creepy or just like just being super horny for no reason. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's sad. I mean, I don't know how these guys recover from like acting like that. There's some things I've seen where it's like, damn, you know, I guys like borderline psycho. I don't understand it. Um, but guys definitely need to do better. For sure. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Straight guys who are, um, you know, trying to be slick and doing these constant moves that don't work where you're more using your power, being pressure, being, you know, causing a lot of pressure and just being a dick that clearly proves that that, that's not going to work and you're going to be punished for it. And you just don't get it. You just don't get it, man. And at the end of the day, we just have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to hold people accountable and let them know it's not right. It's not right. The wrong thing to do and you're not getting anything from it. It's all about decisions. Mm-hmm. As my amazing grandma Lola always says to me, I think about it all the time. The choices you make today will affect your future tomorrow. And is it really worth it to put someone in so much distress so that you can feel a couple seconds of pleasure? It isn't. And uh-huh. you just take the time to get to know someone to communicate. You know, it only enhances your relationship. If you just try to cut corners and you know be selfish uh karma will come back to haunt you so yeah just do the right thing. Well, kind of what you're saying about karma um you know what you what you put into this world is what you're gonna get out of it you know the energy you put into this world is the energy you're gonna receive so uh always remember that always do the right thing and anyone listening here Make sure you hold yourself accountable and just be a gentleman. It will take you a long way. So, and admit when you're wrong too. Yep. Regardless of the situation, just admit it will make life a lot easier for everybody if people admit when they're wrong. Because some people don't, because nobody around them admits when they're wrong. But everyone just gotta admit when they're wrong. Absolutely, that's what just makes us human. No one's perfect, and you know, it's easy to. Uh, call people out. We live in a gotcha world. So might as well just hold yourself accountable for all your actions. And um, as long as you're kind and you work hard, man, and good to people, good things will happen. Don't take the opposite route. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, be good to everybody. On to lighter things, but yes, like you said, be good to everybody. On to lighter things, Brad. Yo. Uh-huh. You, you were a big fan of movies as a kid. Did you get into any of that? You know, <laughs> do you have those special childhood memory movies that, um, you know, raise the sounds of whether it's like me, I love Toy Story or Space Jam or... Um, or uh, <laughs> Even Steven's movie. No, nah, I didn't really watch that, but I don't know why that came to my head. But um, I did like Toy Story, Space Jam, uh, Rugrats movie. That was the first ever movie I saw in theaters was the Rugrats movie. Or like some of those childhood movies that brings you a lot of good memories. Um, I can't really watch it anymore, but I uh, on VHS, I had, this, I had Space Jam. Uh, I was young though. I was like five or six and I would watch it every single day. Um, so Space Jam. Yeah. Space Jam. Uh, Good Burger is one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, (laughs) Um, I remember seeing Seed of Chucky when I was really young, probably way too young to watch it. That mess you up? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it did. Um, I remember seeing Borat. I forget what year, how old I was when I saw that, but that like was probably at the time the funniest movie I ever seen. Oh yeah, that's um, one of, of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other movies when I was younger. Uh, no, nah, I don't. I don't really remember too many, but uh, it was like the Rugrats movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a pretty good one. Like the SpongeBob movies. Oh yeah, I love. Mm-hmm. I love that dude. When you said Good Burger, I think I watched that a lot at VHS as well. I mean, first VHS is, bro. Isn't it crazy you'll be able to tell your kids there was a time before Netflix and HBO Max and when they had a bunch of other streaming services, you know, when they do, uh, uh, you know, Netflix 2 or something. There was a time <laughs> where you had to watch v- movies and TV on a cassette tape, on a VHS tape, and you watched it. You had to rewind. You can only press the button to pause. Isn't that hilarious that uh, we actually lived through that? Yeah, well, at the time, you know, our our uh, parents were saying how, like, oh, you know, back in our day, like, I don't even know what they had back then. Like, uh, they had nothing. Tube, <laughs> tube TVs or whatever. So, yeah, there's always going to be disc. some crazy. May, yeah, I don't even know what that is. A track. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, my mom used to record all her like soap operas on the VHSs mm-hmm. and have to like rewind it or like record something over it. Yeah, no, it, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, she record over her own stuff. I wasn't messing with her VHSs. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it really changed the game. I'm glad movies, you know, movie theaters are still around though. Cause oh, yeah. those could easily be wiped out if enough people just, you know, want to watch at home. Right. Luckily the theater still gives experiences and there's a lot of great movies coming out this fall. So I think uh, there'll be a comeback season for the movie theater. So we definitely love and appreciate that. And um, yeah, bro, the VHSs and the DVDs and Blu-rays, I still have a stack. Like literally this big of Blu-rays and DVDs that are obsolete now. But if people notice, some of the pictures on these walls are old DVD covers. So, oh yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> you remember when uh, Project X came out? I think that we were probably <laughs> like, I think I was, uh, I must have been like a sophomore or freshman in high school. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like not old enough to go see it by myself. Um, so me and a friend, we went and uh, I think at first we were just like, oh, can we get Project X to no, I was I was eighteen. Or how old do you have to be? Seventeen or eighteen? You have 17? to be seventeen to watch by yourself. Yeah, so I was seventeen, but my friend he didn't have his ID or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I just asked. I went up without him, and I was like, "Can I have two tickets to Project X?" And they were like, um, "You have to have the other person with you." So I'm like, "Well, that just blows <laughs> like our plan." So we scheme in the parking lot, and we're like, "Okay." We'll just get tickets to like whatever. I forget what movie it was. It was some children's movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, like Scooby-Doo or something. <laughs> or I just get those tickets and just go into Project X. So we go back and it's like the same guy. Like we went to a whole different booth and it's the manager. And just like, I guess, switch <laughs> booth. And we said, okay, can we get like two tickets to Horton? Here's a who. <laughs> <laughs> uh and he knew what was up he's like all right so we get the tickets we go into project x like sneak in and we're watching and we're good we're like kind of slumped in our chairs just in case somebody comes looking for us (laughs) and right before the big party is about to start the guy comes and and like sees us and kicks us out of theater right before like the party was about to start Oh, it was the wrong dude who saw it, huh? If it was just any other worker, you might have had a better chance. Dude, fuck that guy. Well, what, what better? Like, come on, you really gonna? Yeah, you're really you gotta, that mad? You gotta contribute to the movie theater, you know? Contribute to the filmmakers and the crew who work so hard. Not only that, but dude, just get over yourself. Why you gotta kick two seventeen-year-olds out of a movie? Yeah, exactly. You know, and get get a life. Yeah, that guy probably still kicking people out of movie theaters. That dude probably ro- he get, probably got roasted before work because he works as a manager at AM, and he looked like a dork too. Probably <laughs> was just mad at probably just mad at life. You had a society taken out on YouTube. Shit. Yeah. My I never done that rate that uh trick. You know the buy a ticket just go to the other theater. But I do uh the first ever movie I rated our movie I saw in theaters. I saw with my friend and his dad was Bruno. And like, you seen Bruno? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. With Sacha Vera Cohen, he plays the uh, fashion designer. <laughs> you saw with your friend's dad? Yeah, I saw his friend's dad, bro. <laughs> and they have that famous scene where it's just right big smack in the scene. Must right in the middle of the frame, you just see a big penis going around in a helicopter is like, yo, this is what we're in for. <laughs> is that the scene when uh, they have like that bungee cord and he launches himself at the other dude's ass? Like, yeah. Is that the same scene? Pretty much. Oh man. What a, what a movie. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first ever rated. Yeah. I don't think I ever, ever saw that whole thing. It's a yeah, great movie. Wait, that was, uh, that was their first rated R movie that, that I saw. That, when did that come out? Like oh nine, oh so nine. I would have been, been what fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's an unpleasant first 
frustrated or especially your friend's dad. I wouldn't hey. ever be able to look at that dude again. He was one of those really cool dads, like really cool, like, yo, you know, drink a beer in front of me type of dad in high school. You know, I didn't drink in high school. But he was, he, he's that type of vibe. Um, but yeah, bro, it was uh, hilarious to say the least. And I liked the movie. It was good. I just uh, didn't expect a big penis to uh, helicopter around. But, you know, there's some people who <laughs> that, and that's for uh, for those audience members. And uh, it's you know, art. We, we respect the art, as you say. And, uh, you know, whatever you have to do to prolong the story. I just found it hilarious and uh, didn't expect that. Yeah, and uh, I've seen that. I've seen that scene as well. <laughs> but, yo, dude, you want to know something? You like music, yeah. right? You have a yeah. uh, good, good uh, sphere on music, I would say, right? I have a good understanding, yeah. Yo, so a couple weeks ago, Rolling Stone, probably the best pop culture magazine, in my opinion, ever. They released the 500 greatest songs ever. The greatest songs ever. 2021. They got Drake on there. Drake on there. Uh, let me, let me, uh, see his name, but bro, could you tell me, what do you think is the best song of all time? According to Rolling Stone, why I see if any Drake songs are there. Uh, the best song ever, um, uh, probably some old song, like some, or some Beatles song. Mm-hmm. But how about Thriller? Thriller is probably like top 10 on that list. Yeah. Not quite. Um, Thriller, as I'm looking on here, Thriller doesn't make it. But um, there are some other fun ten- songs in 10. Uh, number one, the greatest song of all time, and we'll go back, according to this, Rolling Stone magazine, is uh, Aretha Franklin's Respect. That's the greatest song of all time. I think uh, that's a fair choice right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I've heard that song ever since I was in a single digit, so yeah. Bro, that song's a be. bop. The legendary Aretha Franklin. I would never song. bump it, but I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, dude, you know who, what number two was? Yeah, is the Bee Gees on there? I'm a big Bee Gees fan. Yo, Staying Alive, that shit goes hard. Actually, bro, I love the Bee Gees. You saw that documentary on... Uh, on fucking um the the documentary on HBO Max about the Bee Gees. I haven't, but I gotta check that out. I just know that didn't they do something to their voices to make it sound like that? They intentionally Yeah, did, they had some drug. Um to be honest, I only saw bits and pieces of the doc, so I haven't seen that part, but I saw how like they would uh, create their songs without, um, you know, having computers back then. But, um, yeah, not on this immediate list I could see. I mean, it's definitely, there's definitely songs here. I'm just looking at the top 10. But, um, you know, Staying Alive goes so hard, bro. There's some BG songs that if they still played it at the bar, we would go off, all of us of any age. And I dream of going to bars where they play some 70s music. Now, don't get me wrong. I like me some good reggaeton and trap music and hip-hop, but, bro, if you could just... I would play the song, but YouTube would take it off. But, um, you like, Staying Alive, More Than a Woman, bro, that's my wedding song. No cap. How's that go, More Than a Woman? 
you know, it goes, you know. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see the movie Saturday Night Fever, that's the last uh, battle song. So <laughs> Night Fever yeah, goes yeah. hard. That's, that shit bops on bops. But I don't think I would rock to that at the bar, though, to be honest. Hey, man, I'll rock to anything. That's just me. <laughs> Yo, Fight the Power. You know Fight the Power of a Public Enemy? That's number two. What about Temptations? Temptations? The Temptations was- on there? Earth, Wind, and Fire? Oh yeah, there definitely is. I'm just looking at the top ten, but um, you know, uh, I just next time I'll be sure to print out the list. But you got Ariana Grande on there. <laughs> I'm just seeing like John Legend, John Lennon. Um, right, John Legend was on there. Probably everybody. It's 500 what about songs. Beyonce, Beyonce, Crazy in Love. Yeah, definitely. I'm just. The top 10, just to tell you, just a reference. So, again, number 10 is um, Outcast Heya. Of course, that was that was classic. Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. That's the song, I think, the guy who was drinking cranberry juice riding the longboard was playing. Missy Elliott's Get Your Freak On, number eight. The Beatles' Strawberry Fields Forever. Songs that pop. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit. Bob Dylan's like a Rolling Stone. Sam Cooke, a change is gonna come. Yeah, you know, hitting all the genres when they can. Oh, okay, yeah, that that sounds like a solid list. I feel like people born these these days are like, was it Gen Z? They probably never heard of any of these. No, they didn't. Maybe hey, uh, but that's it. You know, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, the, best, the best song to them is Lil Nas X's Old Town Road. That's the greatest song of all time. <laughs> but, you know, that's a good song. Her. That song does go hard. I used to, I definitely used to bump it in my car. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. <sighs> but I used to bump it. Windows down, you know. Let it be known. Bro, and by the way, for Drake's song, Bro, according to this list, Drake did make the list. Oh, yeah. What does he got? Uh, um, holding him going home. Is that what I saw? <laughs> um, I'm you know, I picked the wrong article, man, because it just has uh, his name here. But um, you know what? I will look at the list soon. And it says I'll Drake. What's good. <laughs> it just says Drake was on this list. It says Drake. Um, Kendrick, Taylor Swift, Beyonce. Lil Nas X is on the list, according to this. I think Old Town Road is top 500 of all time. According to, uh, um, according to uh, Rolling Stones. You know what's on this? Drake's Hotline, Hotline Bling. That's the song on this list. Damn, that's an awful song. Beyonce Savage remix with Megan Thee Stallion, or she said Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce doing Savage. What's your favorite song of all time? Hmm. That's a good question. Probably my favorite song of all time is uh, I really like Everybody Rules the World by Tears for Spheres or Careless Whisper by George Michael. I don't know why, but those songs hype me up. I always have to say those. I really like, you know what <laughs> I, I really like? I like Drake, Find Your Love. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. 
Oh, that no, that's a very good song. That's a slept on song, you know. Hell yeah, that's, that's one of my. That, that, was, this, that song is before its time. Yeah, that's definitely a good. That's a good song. You think uh, "Find Your Love" is gonna be your wedding song? <laughs> um, yeah, I do think so. <laughs> my favorite song is "Time to Pretend" by uh, MGMT. Oh, that's 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 a vibe, bro. You ever drive since you're in? LA. You ever drive down uh Rodeo Drive or in Beverly Hills, <laughs> that famous place with all the palm trees, palm trees, and you just bump that song loud. It's like I'm here. Uh I don't think I've done that, but uh I uh every time I put on that song it kind of reminds me like you know, you know those songs you put on it, it just kinda like, kinda brings you back down to earth. Absolutely. I play that song and it's like all my worries go away and it helps me understand who I am again. I don't know. (laughs) Well, I love that, man. And you respect that. And maybe that's played at your wedding or some other baller event. MGMT is like, I'd love to see them live. Yeah, bro. They should be on tour very soon. Don't you think? Yeah. Um, I think there was, I saw a video of like Kid Cudi at uh, one of their performances, and he's, I guess, on acid or something, just oh. frolicking around the stage, <laughs> like some sunglasses on. I think to, uh, I think he did that to time to pretend maybe, but he was just frolicking on stage. Dude, I'm dead, but <laughs> I would love to see that. That that sounds hilarious. Yeah, look it up. Yo, Brad, there's a. Uh, so we're winding down. There's just a. Uh, one last thing I'd like to do with you, because I know uh, uh, you got to do something after this, and we appreciate the time, bro. So the last thing I'd like to ask, if you could do this again, or if we could do this again, the Proust questionnaire, but we're doing another version of it. You did it the first time. I'd love to do it uh, one more time right here with uh, some questions I came up with. So you ready to do it again, Brad? Uh, do what again? The Proust questionnaire number two. Because I made the uh, questionnaire for people who make their second appearance on, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, bro. So let's do this. Proust questionnaire number two with the great Brad Finn. Number one, bro, what's your idea of pure happiness? Um, I think uh, pure happiness... I don't know. I, honestly, what makes me happy is making other people happy or making other people laugh. So I think just being surrounded by good people, good family, good friends that care about you genuinely, I think that's pure happiness. I don't think, I mean, a lot of people say you can, you, you have to find it in yourself first, but uh, I just find being surrounded by uh, people that genuinely care about me and making them happy is how that's what makes me happy yeah man what a great answer what a great answer dude what's your greatest fear uh i think my greatest fear is um is being alone i think that's Mm -hmm. my greatest fear and not like anything specifically but just in general you know i think that uh i think it's hard you know being alone Definitely, man. And well, you know, no one deserves loneliness. And the, you know, I totally hear where you're coming from, man. I totally 
get that. I uh, have that type of thought a lot too. I, I don't want to be alone. And, um, you know, yeah. And just, and not even alone by yourself, just the concept of being alone, you know, like alone and say your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, alone. And, um, you know, like ha- just not having other people to, to listen to you or, to you know like know you have in your corner i think i can't imagine like not having anybody and just being you know nobody nobody around and just physically mentally emotionally and that's why we have a lot of support for our support systems a lot of love and support for our support systems and don't forget to give it back and pass it on as well so Mm-hmm. As people are there for you, you got to be there for them. So I want to know another thing is what's your greatest extravagance? So what's something you spent the most money on for like Pierre Joy? Uh, spent the most money on? Yeah, whether it's, uh, you know, a car, a vacation, a beer, uh, you know, anything that you spent a lot of money on. Maybe it's tickets to a concert or a game. But you saw like, hey, I can afford this. It's a lot of money, but I'm going for it for me, treating myself. Um, that's a good question. I think I, I my car, um, but it's financed. But uh, I I got like a new car. Well, it's like used, but uh, I don't Hell know. Yeah, it's, bro. <laughs> Team B. Yeah, um, it's definitely like the greatest thing I've ever bought myself for sure. Yeah. Hey man, you earned it, so uh rock and roll. Yeah, no, I'm I'm thankful. Um, but I can't really, I, I never uh I don't think I've ever spent money on a vacation like uh you know, anything crazy. Like I've gone to Vegas. I don't really consider that a vacation, but I've never really been to, say on like a Mexico like spring break vacation. I've never been on one of those. So I don't really, um, I don't really, I guess, have a lot of different big expenditures uh, that I, I can really think of. But uh, living in LA is expensive for sure. Um, so that's like a that takes a lot of money. But uh, you know, I've always wanted to live here, and um, it's not gonna be forever. So might as well enjoy the experience while I'm here. Hey man, another thing you learned, bro. So respect to that. Who was your greatest teacher or professor? Um, I was always an awful student, no matter what stage of my life. Uh, I'm pretty sure all my professors, I wouldn't say they hated me, but uh, because I was obviously always nice, but I don't think they liked how bad of a student I was. For example, I couldn't pay attention to class. Um, But there was a professor in... um, in college that went out of her way to help me change my major. Um, and if it weren't for her, like I probably wouldn't obviously be like where I am now, or I would be stuck wherever I was, but it was crazy. Um, how, how it worked out, but there was, there there was a nice professor. I think, uh, it was professor Kamal at U-Heart. Uh, but I, Huh? I'm sorry. You're saying? 
Nah, it was just, uh, yeah. But nah, honestly, I never like had a close relationship with a teacher because I don't think any of them liked how uh, how I didn't try or pay attention in class. So, like, what didn't I was always the, the the student that got their exam handed face down. You know, I don't know if you've had that experience. Oh, but uh, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the last time I got handed an exam face up. It was always face down. Hey, man, but respect, though, to Professor Cabal, who uh, took a liking and uh, leads you in the right direction. Yeah, I got her a rose on Valentine's Day. Um, that's going to take you. Yeah. That's going to give you some habit points. You know, it's another thing I used to do. If you didn't do homework, you used to go in your bag and like swoop around to act like you had it. Like, Shh, did I have this? Yeah. Like, you didn't yeah. do it. I did that a couple of yeah. times. Yeah that or trying to trying to copy off somebody's like right next to you as the teacher's coming around yeah doing your homework um, while they're coming i did I yeah i tried that twice one i completely was able to pull it off they saw it and like good job and the other was like yo are you doing your homework now and was my favorite teachers of all time mr lawton and i felt so sad disappointing him i did so nice in his social studies class but did so bad in his economics class yeah, and you, uh, he caught you trying to do your homework right before yeah. he checked it. But hopefully he still forgives me, Mr. Lawton. Nah, he probably still thinks about it. Yeah, bro, as this podcast is growing, and he's like, man, that's my student. But he <laughs> do his homework. <laughs> the last minute. Yo, man, yeah. I already asked you this, but if you wanted to uh, elaborate more, but what have you learned from a past relationship or fling? But you mentioned how you learned about, you know, communications and stuff like that but if there's anything else to add uh uh i mean it's cliche but um i think being yourself is like huge because um you know you always try to do something say extra or change a little bit of your personality around um but can you imagine trying to be something you're not getting rejected for it and then being like wow yeah. like Maybe if <laughs> like, i showed myself I just, it would have worked yeah like yeah and you can't you can't be yourself and then get rejected or not even rejected but um whatever it may be and then have any sort of like uh regret you know how can you regret you kind of changed anything. The only regret you could have is if you weren't yourself at any time. Like, damn, why did I do that? You know, it wasn't, that wasn't me. Um, so it's cliche, but I think in any situation ever, right? You just gotta, you gotta be your genuine self. And that, that requires, you know, s- staying off uh, social media all the time, you know, cause that, that kind of, you try to portray yourself on social media as something that I, definitely isn't always 100% legitimate and then you start believing that and then making it like I said your personality trait um so I think just uh staying level-headed taking life slow being genuine yeah and someone's gonna like you for that man I used to think there was a formula when trying to uh impress girls for dating but I just don't have to be myself and someone's gonna really like you for being yourself so no need to yeah text at a certain time say this that or the other just have your best foot forward and they should like you for who you are and then uh, everyone's happy yeah you'll you'll attract the type of girl or 
if you're a female a type yep. of guy by uh by being yourself you can't you know if someone says like you don't have enough instagram followers you know i can't like i can't mess with you you know that's, that, like that's they're not, not worth it that's not the type of girl like you you want so um and i don't think any relationship probably ever worked out look you know according to instagram followers um so yeah i think you know just don't, don't think too hard about anything in life you know don't, don't take life too serious a fucking man so what word or phrase do you most overuse uh, uh, I think I say bro a little too much. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Do the same thing. <laughs> I think um, if you you could say the most cruelest thing humanly possible, but if you end it with bro, <laughs> like they'll just it, think it all of a sudden changes. It changes the connotation. You know, I, I I try to say bro so people don't think that I'm being too serious about things. Same thing with people write LOL at the end of their text. They overuse that all the time. Like, I'm trying to talk about something serious. Especially someone says something that pissed me off. It's like, yo, that's not funny. Why are you saying LOL? But, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing people use to try to like, downplay the, the seriousness of what they're saying. That's why phone calls go a long way. Brad, may mm-hmm. I ask you, which historical figure or movie or movie or TV character do you identify the most with? Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I never really thought about that before. Yeah. Uh, I thought of that all myself. <laughs> uh, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Damn. Uh, no. What about you? What about you? I always felt like I was Rocky. I had something to prove. Um, always pushing. I can still be with the big ballers, but I have to really prove myself. That's why I think I'm like Rocky. Make make the impossible possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we take our lessons and we learn from them and uh, we make things worth it after the fact. That's how I feel like I'm Rocky. Yeah, so. no, that's a good... Yo, Rocky, um, Rocky was big in my town growing up because that was... That's Philly area. Hell yeah, bro. There's a big Philadelphia symbol. One of the best movies of all time. Rocky one. Yeah. Ro- oh yeah. Rocky one. Mm-hmm. Wasn't um, Sylvester Stallone. Wasn't he like homeless and he wrote Rocky and then like, <laughs> they try to like buy the script off of him. And he was like, nah, I want to play Rocky. Yeah, man, allegedly, bro. He even made a porno called The Italian Stallion. He was dirt poor, had to sell his dog. It was tough for him, but, you know, he just had a dream, met the right people, showed the script he had. It was based off of a real fight. Muhammad Ali beat, I forgot who he beat, but he went the distance with him, and um, he, uh, you know, made the made the made one of the greatest film franchises of all time, so... It shows, yeah. man, and we can make the most of your opportunities, but anything's possible. Yeah, respect to him. Hella respect. Just two more questions. One, what do you value the most in your friends, Brad? Um, value the most in my friends? Uh, I would just say being appreciated by a friend. Um, 
I think that a lot of times you try to do nice things for friends um, and, and favors. They gonna, you don't like to feel taken advantage of by a friend. Um, so I think just being appreciated in a friendship, uh, both ways, uh, giving and receiving appreciation is probably uh, the most important. I forget what the question was, but I, that, no, that, <laughs> was, that was it is what do you appreciate the most in your friends? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. <laughs> is the fact that you appre- they actually appreciate you back. Yeah, that's that's an answer. That's legit. Yeah, because, um, you know, you try to do nice things for friends to show them how much, uh, you know, you mean to them. And if they don't appreciate that, then that's not really, like, a true friend. So uh, yeah. if a friend is showing their appreciation for something that you do to them, um, I think that's the ultimate respect as a friend uh, and shows that a friendship, it's a legitimate friendship, not one that lasts uh, a designated amount of time and then exactly. ends once it, once it's seen through. Um, so, yeah, I would say I, that's, that's what I appreciate most, most in a friendship. Yeah. It's not this typical stereotype where friends come and go. Those are fake acquaintances, but a real genuine friend who actually appreciates and loves your presence, that goes a long way, man. And uh, that's why we hold dear to those friends because it's hard to find them nowadays. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. that's why it's always important to be real. And our last question mm-hmm. for the day, Brad, what's your motto? What do you go by? Um, I like... Uh... I like the saying it's uh, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. I don't know. I think that goes a long way. Uh, Just being genuine. Uh, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the negative things that happen in this world is because of ego uh, and not being able to kind of like take a step back and, and see other people's perspectives or compare perspectives. So um, I think it all just goes back to, you know, bringing who you are. You know, there's people that try to act to fit a certain mold and that doesn't help anything. I think everyone is on this earth for a reason to bring their own perspectives. Uh, And you're kind of cheating yourself and everybody else if you try to veer away from from that, uh, that distinct journey that you're supposed to be on. How about that, Brad? You're giving us gold right here, and we appreciate you for it. But Brad Finn, this was great. Every second of it, great stories, great advice, and great vibes. We appreciate you coming on and taking the time and hope to see you again. Do you have any other final words before we sign off? Uh, No. uh, You know, I'll be back uh, when the time is right. So, uh, (laughs) you know. And we're going to look forward to it until then. But Brad Finn, everybody, thank you so much for coming on. You're the man. I'll see you real soon, bro. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Take it easy, boss. You got it. You're the man, Brad. I'll talk to you soon. All right. My buddy, Brad Finn, always steps up, always a great person to talk to. 
and always a great person to be around. Thanks again, Brad. You did awesome today. I just want to remind you to don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We're back on Monday with the great John Broncado another jersey guy another dude with a lot of swagger a lot of great thoughts and he's the man very happy to have the great john Braun coming on this show and hopefully we can inspire him to keep doing podcasting because he told me he's thinking about starting a show and this is a great way to show off his skills you'll love john Braun, the jersey boy he's coming up on monday until then i hope everybody has a wonderful weekend keep doing fall things keep doing spooky season keep being kind and doing the right thing because before you know it Winter will be here. It'll be freezing cold and uh, we await for better times ahead weather-wise. But, you know, we can still have fun in the cold and uh, we will. But until then, just enjoy the fall. Enjoy these, uh, you know, when fall really steps up where, you know, it's going to get a bit colder, more chilly. No worries. No worries about uh, climate change. And, you know, we can just enjoy those beautiful vault fall views if you've got a special someone in your life you know go cuddle out in the uh, leaves over there and take in the views if you don't and you just want to hang out with your buddies and do cool fall things as well that's always a great thing and of course hanging out with the family in the fall the fall is just a very wholesome time in my opinion and you know we're gonna make the most of it Enjoy the fall things this weekend. Enjoy the rest, what's left of your spooky season. And yeah, I'll see you here on Monday, everybody. And it's going to be a great episode for you then. All right. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I'll see you very, very soon. Appreciate you all and love you. Peace.